We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. We're here. I wish I could keep this feeling. I wish I could keep this feeling. What up, listener? We wanted to take a second to thank you for listening to this Blue Wire podcast. Be sure to show your support to this pod by subscribing and dropping a five-star review on iTunes, a follow on Spotify, or the appropriate dap for any other platform you might be listening on. And if you're enjoying this show, chances are you'll like one of our 75 other sports podcasts. Find more shows you'll love at BlueWirePods.com. Thanks again for listening, and now back to your regularly scheduled podcast. What up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Corner Podcast. Back on this lovely Friday to talk to you guys about everything in pro wrestling. We've only had two shows this week. We had to combine again because Super Bowl was crazy. Me taking my kids to Disneyland. So thank you guys for sticking through with us. Shout out to Blue Wire, the network, for working with us as well. And of course, of course, shout out to the new sponsor, Bet Online. It's been a, a crazy week in wrestling. We have two weeks worth to catch up on now because of how busy we were last weekend. Kel Dansby here with the old man, Andreas Hale. Dre, before we get into all this wrestling talk, this kind of, it, it was going on during our last show, but now we have some time to like talk about it. We couldn't really dive into it during the last show. Nikki Minaj versus Meek Mill. It's something I wasn't expecting. Something I'm sure you weren't expecting. Comes out of nowhere, like a well-placed Randy Orton RKO. It's like three years since they broke up. Why do people even care about this stupid airing of Dirty Laundry that they're doing? They're, they're both, well, I guess Nikki's in a new relationship. Meek isn't. 
But why do people even still care? Why is this even in the news cycle? Well, because new information is being alleged. Like when Nikki alleges domestic abuse, it changes everything. Um, and that's why people care. And it, it's weird. Like I kind of mentioned it on the last show. It's like, dude, like stop doing this shit on Twitter. Like, have you ever? And everybody has. Have you been somewhere where you like hear an argument between two warring couples, and you're like, and you listen, and you're like, and you're like, oh shit. And then, you know, something crazy comes out, like, that's why I fucked your your brother. And you're like, oh, and it's like, oh, my God. What happens is you never go, man, I feel bad for the other person. You laugh at them both is what oh, it yeah. usually happens. Like, nobody comes out looking clean on this. But when it, this isn't just this is like infidelity. We're talking about domestic abuse. So we got Me- Meek Mill and Nicki Minaj, who have not been together in several years, beefing on a public platform, throwing dirt at each other. That we don't know whether or not any of it is true, but we can only go off, off what we hear. Just like the couple that you may hear arguing at the movie theater was like, yo, I banged your brother. That's why you banged your brother. Like, we don't care if it's true or not. It's just a juicy bit of information that we sink our teeth into. And then we go tell all our friends like, yo, I heard this couple arguing at the movie theater and they said this shit. We don't care if it's true. Now, when they're public figures, it makes it a much bigger deal. And at the end, I don't look at like either of them as a victim because I don't know what's true. I'm looking at him like, you two irresponsible people, take that shit inside. Like, take it inside. I don't know. I don't have no idea why people like to do this stuff on a public forum. Like, I'm not that guy. Like, if I'm with my wife, we got a disagreement. I'm like, yo, we need to go take this inside because these people don't need to see this because I don't know who's watching. They clearly don't care. It's Twitter. No, yeah. I. It's tough, right? Because... If there is domestic violence, first and foremost, as soon as it's happening, I urge all women to just go and get help. Tell the police. Inform the correct people when it happens. Because it becomes so murky four years later. Like I if it did happen, yeah, I, I would like to see Meek Mill kind of get his comeuppance. Like there's no excuse for it, right? There should be punishments and she should be vindicated for having to go through this like there's a whole world of feelings i would feel for her but after three years it it only makes it easier for an abuser to skate because there's so much time there's so much doubt that can be placed around it why didn't you say it then why didn't you do like and those are horrible things to say and you know again this is why a lot of accusers don't come forward forward and they feel this guilt or they feel like they're trapped so I understand, and some of them might hold it in. I just hope moving forward they will understand. Like, it's it's not good. It's not supposed to happen. Tell someone so you can get that help immediately, and not in retrospect. Um, it's sad if Nikki if this did happen and Nikki had to go through it. But as you mentioned, the police should know about it. Um, you know, people close to her should know about it immediately. I'm not sure if there's ever a point where social media has to know about. That, exactly. And that, that's my point. Like, like, I get what you're saying. Like, Because my, my, the biggest question that I have when you're arguing on Twitter and something like this comes out is like, why now? Why are you saying this now? Not to say that you shouldn't ever say it. I'm just curious. Like, you're doing this because you're doing it on a public forum now because you want a public indictment. And if that's what you want, okay, I mean, I, I'm just a little confused by it because the challenge is, as always, is this he say, she say, and then we don't know who's telling the truth. And when you do this stuff on social media, it's like, 
I don't know who to believe, but now it's like, now you got the dirt seats writing about it or, you know, the gospel columns, whatever you want to call them. Like you have all these websites writing about these two going, and, and again, you're not, neither are you going to win. Neither, there's no winner in this. So if there was a domestic situation or whatever Meek is claiming, or like they talk about, like this, it's so much to do on, like everybody doesn't need to know your business. And I'm not saying domestic abusers, like we talked about Javante last show, shouldn't be annihilated on social media once they're exposed as being domestic abusers. That's true. But until we know it's, it's domestic abuse, until we have some like facts, it's all hearsay. We don't know anything. You know that whole innocent until proven guilty? There's a reason behind that. Because we don't know. And there's so many people that lobby like all these false accusations. And when you do it against somebody that you were in a relationship in, with, in retaliation, it wasn't like Nikki came out and did an interview and was like, yeah, you know, I didn't say this before, but me and Meek, blah, 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 there was some domestic abuse. She said it in retaliation, like Meek coming at her on Twitter. So it's like you got a question, like, what's going on? And it's best for us as the public, which we don't do, stay the fuck out of it. Don't even pick a side. It's like, yo, that's like the first thing I tweet is like, take that shit offline. Get it out of here. I don't know. I don't. I'm not judging either of you because I don't know. But if it's true, Meek, you're wrong. It's two left shoes. It's gonna be hard to support you moving forward. But now we're. This is where we're at now. Where neither can come out clean. Yeah. It just now you don't know who's lying. And that create. It, it's a horrible situation to have to call anyone a liar. Yeah. And it could all be resolved by just when it happens. Say it happened, call the police, do something, and then we have something to go off of. Now, it's like, why wait the three years? Is this something like, you're vindictive? Did he reach back out? Did you guys argue again? Like, there's not enough context to make a decision, so we just have to sit back and kind of just let them figure it out and go through it, and it's just exhausting. There's no need for me to know about this. And I've been in these situations. Like, I've had my personal life trickle onto the timeline not in that manner necessarily but you know facebook where family friends could see it whatever cool like i'll eat that um twitter i remember some stupid ass girl i don't even remember her username but it was a girl i was talking to and she was like oh my god kel's such a horrible person i kind of ghosted her but not really um but honestly, I'd gotten with Elena, who's now my wife, you guys know from listening to the show. Uh, I'd gotten with her, and like during the dating phase, you get to the point where you got to make it exclusive, you got to cut everybody else off. It's just the nature of the beast. So that girl didn't take it well, and her friends like bombarded Twitter and was trying to tell Rob, like, this is the type of guy you hire at BSO and let write for you. I'm like, what? Did I ghost her? Like, I do nothing bad. They're like, oh, my God. They're like, give my friend back her key to her house. I was like, I don't want this shit. Why the hell she give me a key anyway? I'm never using this shit. So the girl, on the real, the girl was mad, thirsty, and weird. Like, we're just keeping it a buck. Like, I think, you know, it was hard times. I was getting a new apartment and then had to be out of my old apartment. So I was, like, in my car for two weeks. And it's like, cool, fuck it. I got to live on my car for two weeks. Like, I'm good money. I could do this. And... I was doing that, happy as can be, and then the girl is just like, oh my god, no, here, key to my apartment, you can come over whenever you want, why don't you just stay here? I'm like, no, I'm not staying there with you. Oh, here goes the key. Listen, even if I'm at work, come and shower, do this. None of that context is put in these tweets, by the way. 
course not. Her friends are acting as though I took her house keys. And I'm going to sneak in like a thief in the night. Like, I don't want to be there anyway. It's like, she can't have this stupid fucking key. And then she was just trying to use an excuse to see me again. It was a hassle. So, nothing on social media I've, I've gathered is the 100% truth. Ever. Mm-mm. So, I don't want to see it. Because it's all a he say, she say. You're never going to find out the 100% truth of that shit. And let alone from exes. Everybody got a crazy ex. I don't think you have a crazy ex. Mm-mm. But... Most other people have a crazy ex outside of Dre, who's been fortunate throughout his life. I mean, I've had a few, but I've talked about him before. Yeah, we, we have a friend who was in a book. Yeah. His, a published book. He is a character in said book. Like, you never know what the hell your crazy ex is going to do. So, yeah, man, it, it's hard to read into, but it took over the internet for a quick second. I just, it's dumb for people to push it on social media. And Twitter at that. Facebook's usually a lot worse. You see some wild shit on Facebook. I could excuse Facebook. Twitter, you're just attention. Attention whoring right now. So that's ridiculous. Man, hopefully they just leave each other alone. That shit is crazy. That's their problems. All right, we're now going to take a quick break to tell you about our brand new sponsor, Bet Online. Missed your chance to bet on the Chiefs Niners in the Super Bowl? Fear not. Blue Wire is excited to be partnered with Bet Online to help you win big no matter the time of the year. With March Madness, the Masters, and Major League Opening Day right around the corner, Bet Online has you covered for all of your latest news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Plus, it's never too early to lay down your future bet for Super Bowl 2021. So head over to BlueWire.ag and use our promo code BLUEWIRE, that's B-L-U-E-W-I-R-E, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. We signed up. It's super easy. And if you're already making wages, it's a fantastic way to support this podcast. Again, that's promo code BLUEWIRE, all one word, when you sign up at BetOnline.ag. Bring your best bets home with BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Real quick before we get into wrestling, Dre, I want to talk about one of your problems. What? And I feel like, I don't know if you watch How I Met Your Mother, you're binging Seinfeld right now, mm-hmm. but How I Met Your Mother has this part where they have an intervention. It's a giant banner. It's funny. They do it for a little small shit between a group of friends. This is our podcast style of this intervention. You're buying too many pro wrestling action figures. No. I don't. You're, no. like, I, I think we have to have this talk, Drake. There's like two Funko joints that dropped. I get in our group chat with our friends today, and Dre said he goes, he went crazy on like New Japan ones. AEW's releasing more. Mm-hmm. You don't got room, Dre. I've seen, I've seen your your section of collectibles. No, you haven't. You actually, you actually haven't. I have another section. I have an you office. Have another se- <laughs> yes. Look, I have a, I have. <laughs> I'm, uh, this is going to sound really bad when I say this. I have a loft in my bedroom, like an upstairs loft, which is my office, which is where I res- record the show. And it's dedicated to all the shit that I have. So, like, I'm looking at it right now. Um, yeah, you see nothing. Like, this is sad. Like, my wife hates me for it. Like, I've got autographed boxing gloves for, like, the last, like, 12 years from HBO Showtime. I've got figures. I've got um, programs. I have my my credentials. I'm 
a hoarder of collectibles. And yeah, the first step to you know rectifying the problem is admitting you have a problem. But I don't feel like fixing the shit. I'm gonna continue to keep buying these things, and I'm gonna have them forever. Like I collected baseball cards. I collected like I'm a collector. It's what I do. When I find stuff that I like that's rare or hard to find, and that they may be gone soon. Like I just bought the. Uh, I'm turning my head. I just bought the Kofi Kingston uh, World Championship Elite Action Figure because I'm like, dude, he's black and he won the world title, and I have to buy it. So yeah, I'm never gonna stop. <laughs> I, have, I have Funkos to like to. I have Funkos literally right now from a shelf almost to the ceiling of my office in this loft upstairs. Of just <laughs> like the Young Bucks, like I got like Biggie. I'm getting the Pac one. I'm getting the Ice Cube one. Uh, the John Cena Thugonomics one. I'm getting. I have uh, those first round UFC figures. I've got the Dana White UFC Fan Expo, which is going for like four hundred dollars on eBay. I bought that Ronda Rousey when she was in Strike Force. A bunch of Ali figures. I've got hip hop stuff. Like, it's dude. It's ridiculous. <laughs> I feel like you just turn around and you're just like looking at everything. Yeah, because like, I, I look I, I at forget. this masterpiece. Yeah, like I've got a Mad Villain figure from when I worked at hip hop site from like 2004, I, and I never took it out of the box. I never opened any of these, by the way. Uh, I have Run DMC figures. I have a Jay Dilla The Shining gold LP vinyl that is hanging up on my wall. Um, yeah, and then there's a spot in Vegas called, oh shit, I can't remember what it's called, but I bought, they have like video games and all kinds of collectible stuff. Duh, I just bought a Pernell Whitaker versus Oscar De La Hoya pin from that fight, because I just collect shit. I just oh, got, I have a cup. <laughs> I have a cup from Tyson versus, versus Frank Bruno 1. I bought that shit. I, I'm never going to stop. But you, you talk to me all the time of like, yo, you know what? I think we're going to downsize. I think this crib is the downside version of your last crib. And you're just like, I'm like, how are you downsizing when you have three bedrooms worth of memorabilia? Because I, I'll throw out the furniture before I throw out this shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, your wife is the best. No, like, wife, like well, she, she really is. Like... When we go over, she cooks for us. She's so nice. But now this just takes her over the top because I tell people this all the time on the podcast. Like when I show up to Dre's crib, I still don't know exactly which one it is. I just look for the Amazon boxes in the recycling. And I'm like, oh, there it is. Every time without fail. I've got this is is what I do. Like I, I just have it bad. Like even even with like video games, for instance. Like, I don't have time to play all this shit, but if a game comes out, like, I just bought the Dragon Ball Z game because I I never had time to really watch uh, Dragon Ball Z, and this game, like, takes you through the entire um, storyline of Dragon Ball Z, and I was like, I'm going to buy this, and I bought it, but I'm, like, so backlogged on video games, I'm probably never going to play it. Like, I have games that I've never played. They're still in their shrink wrap, but I have to have them. When I see them, I'm like, yo, I'm going to buy this shit. Like, it's going to be so hard because this is how you know it's bad. I know the, the, how games are released. And I know from the last, the last wave of, of really good games is usually around the end of October, the beginning of November. And it doesn't start again until February. So that's when I really try to get all my gaming in before I start moving on to the next wave of games. The problem is, is I travel so much, even though I take my PlayStation everywhere I go and my Switch. The problem is, is that I, I travel so much and I work so much and I don't, and I have a daughter, that I don't really have time to play all these games. So I'm like, the show, MLB The Show comes out in March. And I'm still playing 2K and I'm still playing a bunch of action games. But 
whatever comes out, like I was so glad like Cyberpunk got pushed back and a bunch of other games got pushed back because then I'm just going to buy them and I'm never going to fucking play them. But they're there. <laughs> I buy got to have. <laughs> Dude, I have DVD. Like you haven't seen my DVD collection. DVDs no, and Blu-rays? It's not unless ridiculous. someone someone breaks out a random quote from a movie when we're at your crib and you're like, yo, hold on. Yeah, and you I, pop like your little TV stand or at what entertainment center, excuse me, not a stand. And then that shit pops out and spins around and then you randomly pull out this like 1993 random movie that no one's seen before. Yeah. And then you got a whole section for like anime that people haven't seen since like 1994. Yeah, I, dude, I had I was OCD at one point because like before like Netflix, I would buy every Asian horror movie on eBay, and my wife was like, "Stop!" <laughs> and then she watched them, and she like, "Yo, this is amazing. Get another one." But I would just buy them on eBay, and I collect them, and I still have them. And now it's like obsolete because like who the fuck has DVDs anymore? But that's me. I'm a collector. So yeah, Kel, I got a problem. She ain't gonna stop. She's Just send that shit all to a hard drive. You're right. gonna be that guy. Like when people were converting VHSs forever. Ooh, like you're just gonna convert all your DVDs and send them to a place and they're just gonna give you one tiny ass hard drive. Yeah, I, like dude, I four have tetrabytes like, and all your stuff could be on it. Well, I have like three four tetrabytes hard drives right now. <laughs> <laughs> it's bad. Come on, man. Let's got a problem. Drake like, got I, a problem, I, people. He I has have wrestling problem. DVDs. Like it's 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 I'm sorry, guy. It is bad. <laughs> like, like it's not it's on really the network. Bad. I'm sure you got shit that's not on the network. I do. I have a I have a DVD called um Oh my god, I can't remember what it's called. It's something hardcore. And I AJ actually might have took somebody has my damn DVD. I don't know who it is. <laughs> um but it has like the mass transit incident from ECW on there. It's one that they never really talk about on ECW. But I have that incident on DVD. Because I was like, yo, I gotta have this. And I bought it. Is that I, the which one's the mass transit incident? The mass transit incident is when the fat white kid uh, that never wrestled before got put in a match, and I think New yeah. Jack sliced him wide ja- open. Yeah, I have that. yeah, I have that. <laughs> I've only heard stories of that. That's horrible. Yeah, I have it. I, it's called yeah. um, Legendary Hardcore. I think it's called. I bought it. It was at a Walmart in a bin, and I was like, "Ooh, I gotta buy this." Yeah, I bought it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, people. Dre got a problem. Let's talk about pro wrestling uh, and what's happening now and, and not his extensive early 90s, late 90s collection. So this week, before we get into recapping Worlds Collide and Royal Rumble, because we weren't able to have a show last week with our schedules. This week, the WWE has announced two signings. It's kind of like they slowed down on bringing in these huge classes into the Performance Center, which you called for. And it's kind of let the roster breathe a little bit. NXT UK has helped a ton. And uh, two guys, I think, will go to two different branches of NXT. We shall see. And that's Killer Cross, who we've seen so much of being in Vegas and with FSW. And Timothy Thatcher, ex-Evolve champion and original member of Imperium. Mm -hmm. I feel like these are two perfect signings. And it's... Now, maybe the next wave of NXT, where we don't sign, see them just, you know, throwing fish in a barrel or shooting fish in a barrel and trying to see who sticks. You, we're seeing them have strategic signings and guys they want to go after and then having plans for them. <sighs> this was tough. You don't have faith in this? Like, um, I feel like they're both in perfect situations coming in. I think Killer Cross is a star. I think agreed. He needs to be put in the right situation. I think 
Thatcher is a, is one that concerns me because I, I think Thatcher walks into NXT and then I'm not saying he's Aleister Black, but he's kind of what Tommy End was when he first showed up in NXT. So, but Thatcher's that, 38, and you have you have his crew already there and established. Well, well his crew what, just won. That's what I'm saying. I think if if for somebody like Thatcher, it's like NXT UK, right? I feel like that's yeah, the obvious. I, I feel things. like he has to go that way. Yeah. And and if if you're fine with that, then you're fine with the signing. Cross, on the other hand, is a tricky one because. Cross is a guy who can sign almost anywhere and then become a star because he's that damn good as a, a promo, a talent. Prove that in impact. Yeah, like he's proven it like wherever he goes. Like he's magnetic as hell. He's phenomenal. But then when you see him in NXT, it's like, all right, the question is, well, there's all, I've said this before, there's always got to be a bottom. And I don't think Cross will be anywhere near the bottom. But I'm saying like it's hard because where does he fit into he, the grand screen? He, he pushes Punishment Martinez down. Well, yeah, I mean, you still call him a punishment Martinez, which is funny. Oh, yeah, Damian Priest. Oh, but <laughs> but it's, it's, it's one of those guys where you, where you could see him, and I could even see him bypassing NXT and going straight to the main roster. And I don't Ooh. even want to call it the main roster because they're all the main roster. Yeah. But I could see him going on Raw and SmackDown. And it's just like he's, he's already got it, and he can already be a major player, or they could slow play him. I don't think he's an EC3 type. I don't think he's a guy that they'll botch. I think he's too no. good to botch. Could be wrong. WWE's fucked up before. I don't think so. I mean, he has the ace in the hole, which is Scarlet. Yeah, and but we'll see how, how they pair them. Like, um, I you just let them run with it, right? Like that shit's money wherever they go. This intermediate time when he left Impact, and we saw him at FSW when Moxley showed up, and everything. Yeah. Like when they came to the ring, it was just like yo, like he just she elevates him. And he's already elevated. Yeah, the only problem is, is like, so far, it feels like Vince has kept his hands off of NXT. So NXT, if he were to show up there and become a major player, it'd be fine. And we'd be like, cool, this makes sense. He shows up on the main roster, and then you have to worry about, like, Vince tinkering, and then some shit, it just yeah. goes left. Hope The main thing for me, if you change his name, you're fucking up. Because there's a Killer Kelly in NXT UK. There could be a killer cross in the WWE. Changing him his name, I think, would be a terrible idea. Well, I mean, FSW, we knew him as Kevin Cross. He was still fucking just as menacing. I'm just saying, killer is just killer cross. Come yeah, on, Impact man. did right by him, but killer cross. I was like, all right. When they first changed it, I was like, all right, Kevin Cross to killer cross, whatever. Um, but even if he goes back to Kevin Cross, I don't, I don't mind that. The cross is the key. Yeah, just don't, don't like don't mess this one up. That's all I ask. It's one of those things where you look and you're like, please don't mess this up. Because he fills one of the only voids in NXT right now, and he fills it perfectly, which is a true heel. Yeah, like he's a true heel. The, he's like a brawler type. Like, yeah, dude. their heels get way too many cheers, and I I like it. Like I love Adam Cole. I love Undisputed Era. They got the biggest pop of the weekend everywhere they went. NXT UK popped for them when they did a run it. Yeah. So they're the number one heel faction, but they're not heels. Damian Priest isn't a really good heel. Like, then you have Keith Lee, face. Um, original Bro, face. I mean, so yeah. Matt Riddle's a face. You you turned Pete Dunne, face, when he was an amazing heel. You, so you have all these baby faces. Finn, Finn is your secondary heel. Ciampa was an amazing heel. Now he's a face. Like, everyone's gone face. 
this is the perfect time to have a guy who's the epitome of a heel. Don't bring him in with any, with with anything. I don't even want him to be Samoa Joe type heel, because Joe is still getting the Joe is gonna kill. You. I don't want no chance, no nothing. I want him to be a killer in every sense of the word, and I want everyone to hate him. Yeah. That, I mean, that's kind of what Kevin Owens did. When he showed up, he had the match with uh, C.J. Parker, got his nose broken, came out to celebrate Sami Zayn, and then destroyed him and was immediately, like, super over as a heel. Like, Kevin Owens, has, he he's just has these things figured out. Like, he's he's a legitimate heel. People love him, but he's a heel. People love him, but he's a heel, and he knows how to draw heat. I think Cross is the same. You're right. There's too many faces in NXT. There's too many tweeners or too many guys you want to cheer for. Yeah. Whereas you see Killer Cross, if this man knows how to build that heat, you have a menacing heel, you kind of need it right now. Yep. Ciampa was the last one. Damn near the only one. Yeah, and Ciampa was great. And then you, it's, it's kind of like the story of how things happen. It's like, you're like Seth Rollins. You're a great heel, and then you get hurt. And then it's like, ah, oh, well, he's got to come back as a baby face. It's kind of yeah. just usually how yeah, this goes. Exactly. But Ciampa's embracing this baby face role. So I like it. Yeah, I like it too. And I mean, I'm fine with it. We've seen what he's been through. and Yeah, but there's Ciampa. some guys like Pete Dunne. Yeah. Love Pete Dunne still. Pete Dunne is not the same yeah. as he was as a heel. Like, it, it's nowhere close to that. Seth Rollins, you just mentioned, he's not the same guy. No. He This Monday Night Messiah heel role, perfect for him. I don't think it's going to catch on for him as a babyface. They tried it four times. Yeah, It's not going to happen. So now, I, I, I think they have to get comfortable putting people in these positions and saying, you're just a heel. MJF to me, and we'll talk about AEW later, is never going to be a face. This guy's no. cutting promos on Busted Open Radio. Talking about having his way with wives. Like, he is a heel through and through. That shit's never changing. It's okay for some people to never be a baby face. Yeah. And you can sell heels now. I think you can always sell heels. I, I hate that narrative in pro wrestling. No. Where it's okay. like baby faces sell merch and heels don't do the top of your company you be heel, you'll be just just fine. Yeah, I agree. So right. it's I think that's outdated. So let Killer Cross come in as a heel. Hopefully at this next takeover, they do a grand unveil, not in the crowd type shit. Have him come out and beat the hell out of someone. Come in right away, beat the hell out of Keith Lee when he wins that match. Sure. Why not? And let's let's just start a, a title feud right off the bat. Fuck it. Or, you know what? Beat the hell out of Gargano. Why not? He ain't doing shit else. Gargano could lose for a second. Put some other people over. So, I don't. I, I hope that's the way they go. And we'll see how that pans out. Um, talking about NXT, though. Worlds Collide happened while we were on our mini hiatus. So, we got to recap that. I mean, what can I say? It's as good as any other TakeOver card. It was right? Like, we... I don't know why we thought, like, yo, no, we can skip it. I don't know what to think of it. We weren't that high on it to begin with. And then the build happened. And then we're like, yo, this is pretty good. And then we saw how it played out. And I liked every every match. Kaylee Ray versus Mia Yim was actually even okay for me on the pre-show. You know, Kaylee Ray no, won good. in, like, a heelish way. So um, going down, Kaylee Ray versus Mia Yim. Kaylee Ray had to win. Uh, opening match, Finn Balor. Versus Dragunov. I mean, this was. I mean, it was what it was. It's just kind of getting Balor over as a yeah. heel, and he looked good. Whatever, it was a good match. Yeah, I thought it was cool. Um, I thought Dragunov isn't bad either. 
No, he's not. You need to figure out where he's going to go. He's got a weird yeah. look. Yeah, that's uh, my challenge with him. I look at him. He and should like, be well, a heel, right? Like, I mean, he's he just came creepy. in as a heel. So it's like, yeah, it's, it's weird. like a couple months. Yeah, I, I don't know what they're doing with him. Um, I'm sure they'll figure it out at some point. And the whole NXT UK roster is in that weird space where it's like, uh, nobody's really watching this, but you guys have some exceptional talent. So how do you figure this shit out? I don't know. Yeah, that's that's the key. Um, Fatal 4-Way match for NXT Cruiserweight Championship. We were both right. Mm-hmm. Jordan Devlin defeated Angel Garza, who is now on Raw, um, with Zelina Vega. Because... I don't, I don't know how that's going to work. Maybe they're creating like a cool little Mexican stable. Because a Lucha House Party. That's no, no, no. Like a menacing one. Because Cien Almas is out due to drug test <laughs> for a month. And Garza came in and kind of stepped into his feud. And so Garza's up for the time being on Raw. And then Swerve was in the match and Travis Banks. I thought the match had incredible pacing for only a 12-minute match. It felt longer in a good way. It was a nonstop sprint, and then I think Jordan Devlin deserved to win. I said it before, I'll say it again. Jordan Devlin is a star. That kid has it. And leaving him on NXT UK is almost a disservice to a guy that talented. And he showed it in this match. And I think we just interviewed him over at Sporting News, and you know he talks about um, how much he's been flowing back and forth to the States, and he's just like, I'm cool, Like I, I want to do this, and I want to take this to the next level. And I feel like he's gonna be a guy like Dunn who ends up in NXT. He he's he's just he's too good. He's too damn good. Like I, the match was great, but you look at him, you watch, you listen to him talk, you watch him wrestle. And again, I, I tell anybody who didn't follow my Twitter is like, go watch OTT matches with Walter, and you we are just scratching the surface of how good he is. He's incredible. I'm gonna say something not that controversial, but people might be shocked to hear it. As the protege to Prince Devitt, Finn Balor, I think Jordan Devlin's going to be better overall than Finn Balor is. Which is crazy considering originated the Bullet Club, New Japan run, all that. I think Jordan Devlin's better. Already as a wrestler, I think he has a shot to be better overall. Kids like 21. It's tough because I think. Me personally, Balor as a heel, we're seeing we're seeing the Balor that we're supposed to have seen. Correct. And I think we were new, like the the Balor that we needed to see, which was the Fergal Devitt that was in New Japan, who had the crazy entrances and all that stuff, was neutered when he got brought up to the main roster because they got so sucked into that demon thing that they didn't really know what to do with it. And now that he's a heel, I don't know if we'll ever see the demon again. I don't know if we'll see the body paint at the pay per views, but. I think we're, we're like revamping what Balor was supposed to be. That being said, I think Devlin as an individual, like he's a great heel, like he was a babyface in OTT in progress at one point. Like he, he's got all the tools. Um, so it's not so much a detriment to what Balor has accomplished. I think that the, the, the ceiling is may be higher for Jordan Devlin because he's not going to be strapped to like a corny gimmick or he's not going to be on Raw and SmackDown doing weird shit. I think if it just cut him loose on NXT, I think he'll be fine. So it's possible, but it's a lot. Because, again, I, I don't think we ever really got to see the best of Finn Balor. No, and character work-wise, yeah, he could probably bring his best character to life, right? Because even in New Japan, like, the real rock and roller, like, that shit was a corny gimmick. Let's be, let's be honest. It was a pseudo-Chris Jericho gimmick. 
that shit was corny. Like, Bullet Club was dope. But outside of that, like, Finn Balor, or Prince Devitt himself was kind of Jericho ripoff gimmick. And uh, that was a little bit corny. And he was never great on a mic. But heel-wise, the crew carried him heel-wise. This is probably his best solo heel work ever. Just in ring, though, he can't do, and he can never do what Jordan Devlin does. I watched those matches with Walter. Finn can't give you that. Uh, he just can't. I don't. I don't know, man. Again, I, I'm not going to win. Those that. matches are damn near better than any Finn match I've seen. And I'm a huge Finn fan. I still love the character. I loved Babyface Finn. That demon shit. I understand how they took it left. It never got played out with me. Thank God they didn't do the orange Halloween face paint. That might have been where I drew the line. But outside of that, I, I really liked him. He's had good runs in the WWE main roster. I like what he's doing now. Love the New Japan stuff. Huge fan. But if I'm just looking and being honest, in-ring, I think Devlin might already be better than Finn in-ring. The only reason why I say I don't know is because I've watched a lot of Fergal Devin in New Japan. There were some great matches there. I think that, again, we're in a situation where I, I never really think we've gotten to see the best of Balor. I just I, I don't think there is. So I'm not going to necessarily say that that Devlin is that much better than Balor. I just don't think Balor's been unleashed the way that he should have been. And I guess the true test is when he finally faces Gargano. Because yeah. if that match doesn't do it, then you're absolutely right. Because there's no reason that Balor versus Gargano shouldn't be as good as Johnny Gargano versus everybody else he's facing and turn in these yep. phenomenal matches. Cole, Ciampa, it should be on that level. Yeah, if it's not, then you're absolutely right. So I'm going to reserve judgment because I've seen some New Japan matches. Like when he feuded with, uh, damn, who, who all he feud with? Like he feuded a lot of people in New Japan. A lot but, of his stuff, like the junior stuff was okay. He had some good, I don't think even like his title run, his heavyweight run wasn't great to me over there. Super Junior stuff was better than his heavyweight run. Yeah, I mean, but it was all for the furtherment of that stable, right? It was it all was, about Bullet Club. So it's, yeah, yeah. that's what I'm saying. So it's a lot of shit was like chicken shit heel stuff. Like, yeah, it was to get the stable over, and then he bounced. Yeah, then he was before gone. It was like super hot, and then like a lot again. Like there was a lot of great character work. So I don't know, but I think the true test is if Gargano can't bring it out of Balor, then okay, you're absolutely right. But I just think yeah. the, the, the I think the sky is still the limit on Devlin. As long yeah. as they allow him to spread his wings and fly. Finn you, just has to stop being the five moves of death guy. I can plan out his entire match right now. Yeah. Like, I mean, he has to show more. So, we'll see. We just need to see more of Devlin routinely. Because it's kind of... I don't want to say it's like AJ Styles. Because AJ has been this great wrestler. But since he's coming to WWE, like, he had those great matches with Cena. And I don't want to say he's necessarily been on cruise control. But we haven't really seen, like, great matches out of AJ Styles week in and week out. Out week in, week out. I mean, his title run was pretty good. That Lesnar match was one hell of a match. Lesnar match was great, which is something we need to talk about. We'll yes, we will. But, yes, we will. Yeah, but <laughs> I think, yeah, So I, I just got to see. I'm just not sure what we're going to get and how far we're going to get with, uh, with Jordan Devlin. And I hope that this Devlin as a champion thing isn't something that's short-lived. I hope they really let this kid run with the title. Yeah, if, if he stays here and he's willing to go back and forth as much as you say, then yeah, big ups to him. He should make a run with the title. Um, 205 Live, they're doing a pretty good re-up. And, uh, yeah, I still they watch change. it, so I don't care. I watch it just because uh, it's decent wrestling. They have cool like little secondary feuds. But it's, it's smart now. It's not You don't have to watch it. They have good matches. You don't have to watch it because the bigger matches will kind of be blown off on NXT television. Right. 
which is great. They changed the belt. It's not all purple. It's black now because it's the NXT Cruiserweight Championship. They're doing what they should have done from jump. I think we said this like three years ago, that this should be the plan. It's hard to, you know, unwind a lot of that shit, but we'll see. I, I think it's good moves moving forward for that. Um, next match, DIY Reunion versus Mustache Mountain. I thought it was really good. I mean, it, it couldn't be bad. <laughs> so, no. uh, a lot of great callbacks. A lot of it was nostalgia, right? Like, a lot of it, you know, Johnny doing the Tommaso Ciampa pat on the back together. And Ciampa, like, pulling him in. It was, it was great. They had the original music back, the matching outfits. It it worked. And, you know what? Credit to them. Credit to all the producers in the back. Um, just Sean, Trips, I fuck, Road Dog, who I crushed a couple years ago. For his work on SmackDown, like, kudos to them, because they made something that should make no fucking sense, Gargano and Ciampa just seamlessly back together, feel right. Yeah. They, like, I mean... They, they did just had a blood feud last year, this time, where we thought they were going to kill each other. But no, this felt right. I mean... With no heavy explanation, it just feels right. Again, injuries change everything. The minute a guy, a, a heel, a top heel, Triple H, you go down the list of heels that get hurt. When they come back... They're going to be immediately baby faces. And what you got to figure out is either you embrace it or you find a way to turn it. And they failed when Rollins initially got injured and did that whole CrossFit Jesus thing. And then they turned him heel and you're like, what the fuck? But for the most <laughs> part, when you bring back a, a heel like Ciampa and you have this blood feud with Gargano, but the entire time you know that there's this real relationship because they kind of break kayfabe a lot on the network. Then you go, you embrace it. Fuck it. Why not? Like, yeah, there's a blood food, but whatever. We get over it because we love DIY and we saw how great they were. Yeah, so that was really good. Uh, Trent Seven, kudos to you, my man. Hey, you were just here to eat pins. You're going to eat the pin because you know, like, that big strong boy ain't eating shit. <laughs> not a damn thing. <laughs> so shout out to Trent Seven. Never complains about eating the pin. Uh, and then we have Rhea Ripley versus Tony Storm. It was cool. I didn't care for this match. It was all right. It was short. I, I, but I, I think they both worked well. I like the way they worked together. I think the crowd was just out of it, for one. The crowd just didn't give a shit. I mean, they didn't give it. it it's hard to follow DIY. It's yeah. Just, it's almost impossible. But I also think um, this is my concern with Rhea Ripley. Rhea's hot right now, and she's learning, and she's getting better. But can she do different styles? Can she... Like, the one thing we've always adored about, like, Sasha Banks is that she's learned. Like, she's a crash test dummy, but then she can be, like, a really overheal. Like, there's a lot of things she can do. Yeah. Like, Bailey had a great match with Sasha Banks and then just kind of struggles with everybody else. Rhea Ripley's been super hot, but I need to see what she does against Bianca Belair. Because she's super hot right now. But, like, her May Young run, classic run, I was like, eh, cool, whatever. Like... Before she showed up on NXT, when she was doing NXT UK, it was like, eh, this is cool. But like, Tony I thought she was a good champion, but Tony Storm wrecked her. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, Tony Storm was the one. So it was like, this match, I'm not saying, again, I'm not saying she's bad. I just need to see more out of her. We haven't really seen her in a lot of one on one elements. And I feel like they're pushing her so hard that she's going to be really easy to turn on if she doesn't, like, bring out these great matches. Yeah, I, this run, this Bianca Belair match coming up isn't going to show me much of anything. Um, I expect her to retain. It's going to be fun, but she can work the same style she's been working, where she's uh, kind of almost booked like Brock Lesnar. At the end, she's going to shrug off everything that happened to her, hulk up and beat the shit out of people, right? We, we saw that. We saw that. 
I mean, in the, what was that? The cage match that the women had, War Games, she did it. And then in the solo, just one-on-one title match, she did it. So she's showing this ability to kick out all these finishers and all this stuff. And she'll do the same to Bianca Belair, I'm sure. When you come against Charlotte, you got to work different. You, if you that's where they end up going. I have my Oh, yeah. We'll, and we'll talk here in a second. Well, I mean, Rhea Ripley showed up. Charlotte's scheduled to, you know, be on NXT. Um, or, excuse me, Charlotte's conf- just confronted her on NXT. So you, you do all of these things. They could swerve at the end, but I, I'm pretty sure this is locked in um, as as good as it can be sealed. And her versus Charlotte, it's just like you got to work different because you're not just going to run through Charlotte. And they're not going to damn sure going to just let you hulk up on Charlotte and act like that figure eight ain't nothing. Exactly. That that might be the most protective move on the main roster. You're You're in the figure eight. It's a wrap. Yeah, Oscar's tapped to the figure eight. She hadn't been beat forever. Yeah, like that. That move is protected like a mofo on the main roster. So I don't. I don't know. I don't know how she works in that environment because there's someone who's booked even bigger and better than her, and she would be facing her at WrestleMania, Charlotte Stage. You got to work a different way. You got to work from underneath. So it it's it's going to be a learning learning curve, and she's so young. What, yeah. 24? Yeah. Um, I mean, we've seen Paige. We've seen... I mean, just recently, we just saw Sasha be put in the same situation. Sasha was stupid young. Um, and they obviously bounced back. So a lot on Rhea's shoulders, but it's going to be interesting. She's going to have to prove it here coming up. Um, and then the main event, Imperium versus Undisputed Era. I thought the match could be better, but not their fault because they had to call... An audible, what, five minutes into it? Because Alexander Wolf took a mean kick to the chin and was out. Yeah. And then it was three on four. But I thought the end brought it home well, and Walter was Walter. Yeah. I mean, it's one of those matches where I'm totally fine with the, the result. I felt like you got to make Walter strong. And finally, like, all these people that keep saying, and eh, then Walter chops in, you know, slapping like that. Bullshit. Walter was <laughs> chopping the shit out of people. And... Adam Cole selling the chop is still incredible. Adam Cole selling everything. Yeah. The pounce by Keith Lee and now the chop. Yeah. The man, I mean, the man is special. Um, but yeah, like, I think, yeah, you watch them as uh, as soon as they had to call that audible, like, you're watching them communicate. And I'm always fascinated with this stuff. Like, I'm things that happen in real time and guys figuring things out, I'm like, all right, cool. Like, we got to figure these things out and we got to change our match now because things happen. And they, I thought it was still a good match. And they did a four on three and Walter going over. Uh, shit, looks like a monster. Curious where they go with Walter from here. But uh, all in all, World's Glide was a damn good show. Yeah, maybe, um, I don't know. We talked about Thatcher. Maybe they have a Walter-Thatcher feud that ends up with Walter beating him and him joining them. Uh, but maybe they, they drag it out between those two for a while. Because Walter needs new guys. He needs new opponents. Yeah. So um, we'll see where they go. With that, uh, Royal Rumble is the next one. Pretty much to touch on real quick. Sheamus versus Shorty G. Don't care. Why'd they have a 13-minute match? I don't know, but Sheamus won. They don't care. Nobody cares. Um, Andrade versus Humberto Carrillo. Again, he won keeping the belt, but it's off of television for a month because Andrade was suspended for uh, wellness. So we'll see what happens when he comes back in a month. 
I don't think they punish him. Again, there's a lot of flair influence there. I, I think they just kind of treat it like it keeps going. But that leaves him very little time to build his feud for WrestleMania. So he might be pre-show on Friday again at WrestleMania. Very possible. Uh, let's see. All right. Now we're getting to some stuff. Roman Reigns versus King Corbin, false count anywhere match. Jesus Christ. Um, Mate, I, I, I don't know. Why. It's, it's still going. They just made King Corbin eat dog food on television. Why is this feud still going? I, the WWE just I, look, man. You're they love on Corbin. Like, like you keep, yeah, and you keep this, this, there's this energy where it's like Roman. There's a, there's a moment where we're like, ah, fuck it, we're gonna embrace him, and then you keep doing this shit, and then you're like, ah. Oh. So fortunately, he didn't win the Royal Rumble, which we'll touch on later. But why are you still in this feud? Get out of this feud. Like I love him with the Usos. Move the fuck on. Yeah, he. He went through a crazy, grueling false count anywhere match. Showed no signs of it in the Rumble and <laughs> damn near won it. Like, really? Really? He did. This shit was grueling. It ended on the top of a dugout. And he just shows no signs? Nope. That, that was, listen, continuity matters to some. I let a lot of shit slide. I don't understand that. Um, Women's Royal Rumble was next. Almost hour long. I found it very fun, though. All Royal Rumbles are fun to me. Number 30, Shayna Baszler comes out. One, Sasha Banks isn't in it. Don't get me started. But Shayna Baszler comes out, and I'm like, shit, she's going to win it. But my prediction from the get-go, Charlotte Flair ends up eliminating her. And now we have this where Charlotte Flair is standing on top. And it looks like, for the first time ever, the NXT title is going to be the choice. So now they have to book two separate feuds for Raw and SmackDown heading into WrestleMania. So, one, hated that Charlotte won. Doesn't need it. I know what they're trying to They aim. want to have yeah, her yeah, do I, everything I once. Don't, she's already won the NXT title, so I don't care. But No, but she hadn't won the Rumble. She, she's a legacy. Dude, she's not going anywhere. She's going to shit next year. I think Shayna Baszler should have won. But, but, I will say this. If Shayna can still get a match with Becky Lynch at WrestleMania without winning the Royal Rumble. Yes, she can. But here's my issue. NXT title being defended on WrestleMania, I don't understand why you would do that. There's a whole fucking takeover the night before that's going to have more time for these two to work. If that's the direction you're going. So you don't have, there won't be a women's match on takeover. That's what what I'm saying. This is my problem. If Rhea Ripley is the champion of NXT and Charlotte wants to come challenge her, it should be on NXT. The other reason why is because you have a women's Raw title and a women's SmackDown title to be defended at WrestleMania. You have three women title at WrestleMania. One or two of them are going to end up on the pre-show. Don't forget the tags. Fucking die. How could you you remember the tags? Nobody cares. (laughs) But the other issue is... WrestleMania is three days long. And at a certain point, you're going to put... And three days, I'm saying that facetiously. But at at some point, the crowd is going to be tired. And a match like Rhea Ripley versus Charlotte, if that's the direction you're truly going, is going to take the air out of... If it's Becky and Shayna, or whoever the hell... Bailey's going to end up defending that title in the pre-show. I'm just fucking convinced. But... It's it just, like, why wouldn't you give that match time on NXT? And Charlotte wrestling on TakeOver, whether or not she wins that title, which I hope she wouldn't, 
But it gives more credence to NXT. WrestleMania doesn't need that match. I Personally, I think that Charlotte won the Royal Rumble to not challenge for a title. I think she's going to face somebody else. I have no idea who. But it just feels weird to me to put the NXT title on a show that's NXT TakeOver and take it off of that show. That's streamlined, quick, hard-hitting, great matches, and then put it on like a 27-hour-long WrestleMania with three other, yeah. four, possibly four other women's matches. And it also kind of discredits NXT. Because why is that title def- being not the... Like, you need to come to my house. This is where I won the shit. Come get it from me. Yeah. And, and if Charlotte I mean, wins... WrestleMania then, is the grand stage, though. So yeah, could, but... Some would argue that it elevates the title. But does it... Like, you have NXT TakeOver, which is like, for us, is the show. I'm just saying it gets buried... Like, obviously, because Charlotte's in it, it would take it to another level. But let's talk about the bullshit that happens if Charlotte wins the NXT title. Then she got to drop it, like, that next week on NXT. Then what's the point? Why are we doing this? Because it's main roster booking something that's not main roster owned. It's, it's t- again, to me, it's, it's dumb. Whatever. Anyway. Rhea would have to win. Like, just, that's the end of the yeah, conversation. Yeah, Rhea like, would have to win. Makes no sense if Rhea doesn't beat Charlotte. Exactly. So, the women's role, I thought, look, look, the pop that Naomi got, personally, I think you need to go with Naomi and Bailey at WrestleMania. I like it. I feel like that's even the though route. Sasha Sasha Bailey, if given time, is long overdue. Yeah, but the feud hasn't bubbled. Like the no. turn hasn't bubbled. Right. Like I would hold off on that. Go with them being best friends. Maybe make Bailey a, a champ champ by having Sasha and Bailey reclaim their tag titles that they were the original owners of. Bring that through all the way until like next year Survivor Series. And then have the turn start. Have them lose those titles. And then Bailey is like, okay, have her, you know, lose the women's title. Sasha, then get it back. Bailey's jealous that Sasha has it. You know, build that until next year's mania. There's ways to do it that's not rushed in about three weeks. Because of course there's super showdown that you have to cater to. Christ. Um, um, yeah, you're right. The, <laughs> so last, the last thing about the women's Royal Rumble is like, I don't even think the WWE recognized how hot Naomi was gonna be when she came out. And because she got a huge pop and went viral. So you got to go with it. And to touch on it, because we're running out of time, I don't want to talk too much about Raw and SmackDown unless it had something immediate to do with. Yo, they got to figure this shit out with Becky Lynch. That promo with Asuka was terrible. Terrible. Yeah, with the like little glasses on. I don't Not know. that, the, I, you know, I've got superpowers. What? That shit was lame. And the working, speaking for itself in the ring, like, we got to chill. Like, I guess we're going to run this back at Super Showdown, whatever the shit. And then yes. we're going to probably move on to a Shane a few. But this Becky shit, man, like, y- y'all know how to fuck up a good thing. In a month. They got to build a feud in a month. Yeah. Uh, Shane better come and just choke her ass out at Super Showdown. Anything less is what? Indeed. Which are women allowed to Super Showdown now? <laughs> we're just assuming that, like, <laughs> women can go on that show, right? Uh, <laughs> it sounds horrible, but it, I don't know if that's an assumption we should be making. Winner, winner, chicken uh, dinner. That's the biggest question <laughs> of the night. Uh, uh, Bailey versus Lacey Evans. Skip that. Oof, yes. Um, Fiend versus Daniel Bryan. Strap match. You know what? I liked it. The red light is gone. Uh, I, I thought Daniel Bryan is Daniel Bryan. It's the best match I've seen from Bray Wyatt in like five years. Let's go with it. I I liked it, and the Fiend ended up winning. Daniel Bryan's a godsend. 
That's all I'm really going to say about this. Like, Daniel Bryan can wrestle a broomstick, and I'm going to watch it. Him and Kota yeah. Ibushi can do that kind of shit, and I'm like, I'm here for it. And so, don't get me wrong. It, it's definitely a product of Daniel Bryan, more so than is Bray Wyatt and or The Fiend, but damn, they worked that match really well. Yeah, so to me, I'm like, uh, it's really Daniel Bryan. I think The Fiend falls right back into who he was after this match, so... Yeah. There was never a doubt in my mind who was going to win. Just like there's no doubt in my mind that Brock Lesnar is going to kill Ricochet. But I think the difference between Brock and Ricochet <laughs> is going to be a match that I think is going to be fun as shit to watch. This was good, but I credit all of it to Daniel Bryan. What if he squashes Ricochet in a minute? I'll be disgusted. What if he, That's what if he Kofi Kingston's Ricochet? Can't do that. It's, it's just not good. Like, I think he can. He can't, I, I think they when, can. And when everyone's like, yo, it's going to be so fun and all this stuff. And you know, I'm a huge Ricochet guy. It would be amazing. I think there's a strong possibility that he Kofi Kingston's Ricochet only for Drew McIntyre to come out and Claymore kick him. I, I, I think Ricochet yeah, gets yeah. 45 seconds in this match and Drew McIntyre comes in and fucks Brock up. Yeah, see, I hope you're wrong. I really do. <laughs> so, I, so do I, but I don't feel like I am. Because I, I think, you know, Brock is this, he's, when when he's on, he's on. And he's he's hard to be bet. Like, he when he's money, the motherfucker's money. And against Ricochet, who's a small guy who can bump like a maniac and just do wild shit that Brock can catch him in, I'd like to see it. Please let this match go a little bit longer than that. I feel like we have a Kofi Kingston situation. You might be right. Um... And then, let's see, Becky Lynch versus Asuka. We touched on the promo. Becky Lynch finally won. Uh, the spot, I understand what they were trying to do, but it looked a little weird and clunky because Becky mm-hmm. Lynch didn't really, like, kick Asuka right. Yeah. And uh, she waited for the ref to turn around. She didn't, like, hit the spot correctly no. uh, with the mist. But Asuka still sold it, and Becky won. Um, yeah, they're running it back. Cool. They don't have any other ideas for Super Showdown. And I think they, if they do get a women's match, they only get one. So they got to make it count. Um, and then main event, Royal Rumble match. <sighs> Damn, this was fun. I had to reflect on it because while it was happening, I was like, ah. Oh. But you know what? The hell with it. Brock had fun. I had fun too. Dude. Brock dancing to MVP's music. Brock killing half the roster. People were like, oh, seven out of the 14 people Brock eliminated were people of color. That shit was so Like, stupid. do you understand that they have seven fucking people of color in the match? I'm happy as hell right now. Plus more who came later. There's People want to say all this transformative thing. Go find me another wrestling promotion who have 10 people of color. They had seven in the first 14 picks of a Royal Rumble. Thank God something is changing with the WWE. Next step, yes, let's book us better. But you know what? Seven people out of 14 are people of color. Kudos to you. Not to mention, we talked about Naomi getting the biggest pop in the Women's Rumble. Not to mention Bianca Belair being a fucking Iron Man in that one. You know what? Good night for people of color all the way around. Yeah, Black History Month also brings up the worst in some black people because some yes, of y'all just y'all bitch about the wrong. That was things. overly woke. Like you were. That was a stretch. There's that Kobe video where he's just cutting down. Uh, what's his face? Fat guy with the hat. Fake hair now. Whitlock? Yeah. Whitlock. Where he's like, that's a stretch. That's a stretch by those people. Yeah, y'all, y'all got to chill. Like, this was... First of all, the, the booking of Brock was fucking brilliant. Like, and I get the feeling that I've Brock met half of the roster for the first time. Like, he was like, ooh, Keith Lee? Who the fuck oh, is the that? Keith Lee? The Keith Lee reaction was great. Yo, he and Keith Lee looks like a million bucks. Yeah, because he was like, yo, who the fuck is this guy? Like, a lot of these guys Brock saw for the first time was like, wow, I'm, who are yeah. you? Like, I've never seen you like, before. <laughs> 
Like he's big as shit. Yeah. <laughs> like, so, <Brock> was, <laughs> it was fun and there was callbacks. Like the Ricochet thing was a callback that eventually got him eliminated. The Rey Mysterio thing was a callback. Like, yeah, people are mad that Big E and Kofi got pushed out, but they weren't going to win anyway. So it was yeah. like, dude. MVP coming out was cool. Yeah, like the Shelton Benjamin thing, because, I mean, they went to college in Minnesota and wrestled together. Everything about the first half of this was great. The second half was great, too. Like, I enjoyed this Royal Rumble. It wasn't the greatest of all time. It's, like, hyperbolic to say it, but this was a very fun Rumble. And and personally, I think the right guy won. No, I agree. I thought Roman was going to win. And listen, I wouldn't mind Roman winning. I think... You know, I've cooled off on that. I don't mind Roman. I like him with the Usos. He cut a better promo on Fox's pre-Super Bowl show. And I've seen the man cut in three years, though. Can we stop scripting his ass? Just let him go. Like, if you just put that guy with the Usos, it'll make the promos make sense. Let him run. Yeah. Right? Because that shit was fun. He was talking about his Niners. He was passionate. Cut a good promo. Great. Love that. So... I want to see more of that, Roman. If he would have won, I wouldn't have been upset. Get him the hell away from Corbin. And I think it's fine. The Corbin gook is on him. But outside of that, I like the new Roman. I would have been fine with that, but I think Drew McIntyre, it felt right. And Drew's supposed to be the guy and then left, got cut from the company, you know, cut his his new character on the indies, put in the work, transformed his body, came back, just looks menacing. Uh, was supposed to have a great run in NXT, then got injured against Andrade, so that shit was unfortunate. And it, it seems like he's just been biding his time to this. And finally it's here, and it, it feels right. And he looks like he can take on Brock. You want to bring credibility into it? He looks like he's a threat. Absolutely right. That that was my biggest thing. It's like when he won, I looked at it and was like, because you forget. Like, I've seen Drew in, like, PWG in person and a lot of things. And you look at him, you're like, man, this motherfucker's really that big. And when he's standing next to Brock, you're like, holy shit. shit. Yeah, he's he huge. Dude. So I'm here I'm here for it. Thank God they finally decided to put the rocket on his back. Because that Claymore shit is, it, regardless, is great. It was a total accident move. Have you, like, that story where he... Yeah, was, I heard the story where he tells it, where he slips. Yeah, and now it's just, like, it's brilliant. Like, it's brilliant. It's so, better than a double-arm DDT. Yes, yes. The Future Shock, I believe. Future Shock, used to be called. yes, yes. But yes. this, yeah, I, I, I enjoyed Royal Rumble, man. I was worried. Um, but, you know, some of the matches were not that great, but I think overall it was a good show. No, I agree. I think uh, several people had good performances that we can't just skip over Edge's return. Oh, God. Which that shit almost had me in tears. Dude. Like, his face. One, the cameraman. Fuck you, cameraman. <laughs> How do you miss the spear? I don't care about these stupid-ass people in the crowd. They weren't even doing anything. So that was ridiculous. They got to go back and re-edit the footage. Like, just doctor the footage. Show the right yeah, angle. Fix it. They have the right angle. Just bury that shit in history. So it's only a tale we can tell that they fucked it up. No one will ever know if they didn't watch it live. Um, but, yeah, you, you look at that. His face when he comes out and the music hits, and it's just like, wow. Yeah, it, it's, He's it's, back. It's literally a guy who thought he'd never be back at this moment. And he's walking out and he's feeling what he left behind almost a decade ago. And you're watching him feel this emotion. And I'm big, like, I'm big on the reason why I watch like movie trailers obsessively. And the reason why, like, I watch crowd pops over and over and over again. When big knockouts happen, I look in the crowd. I do this a lot. It's a weird habit of mine. And I'm always into the moment and how things make me feel. And watching that, I was like, yo, this is big. 
And then production is going fuck it up when he hit the first spear. <laughs> and like, and at the zone, like I've been in the production truck, and I know you know camera two, camera one, camera two. Like WWE needs to fix this shit. They try to over like the the camera shaking and all that. Yeah. Oh, the cuts, every fucking thing yeah. is horrible. They messed up a good moment. Now, now the edge is back. The last thing we got to talk about is. Yeah, AJ Styles got hurt, so it seems like they're calling an audible on the AJ Orton feud and moving Orton into the feud with Edge. How do you feel about the way they've handled this? Honestly, I think it was. There's never a fortunate injury, right? So I can't. I don't want to say that. Um, I will say that I think it works out better. Um, I think Orton was middling face one week, heal the next week. This is the best Orton you can get. It's sinister, vindictive. I'm damn near going to permanently mar my opponent Orton. This is the legend killer with a guy who's a legend coming back. And then you, you get just that history. They used to be a tag team. You get to tell this story. And let's be honest, it's a guy Edge can go over. Nothing's going to hurt Randy Orton. And if Randy Orton cares, he's still very good when he cares. Oh, yeah. So I, I think this is a blessing in disguise. Hopefully, you know, we see AJ Styles come back and hopefully the injury is not too serious. Um, and he comes back and maybe they, they run that back later because AJ was smart and got up and, and told Edge to eliminate him. So that still kind of holds that intact, maybe for a SummerSlam or something. Because Edge isn't going to be around for long, but maybe you go, you know, a Mania to Mania stint with him. And him and AJ could be one hell of a feud. Uh, maybe him and Daniel Bryan at another pay-per-view. Who knows? We can fantasy book a million things. But I, I like it. I like the direction they're going. And I really like that turn on Monday Night Raw. Yeah. So I have one concern. Oh. And my concern is this. Do you save this Orton Edge feud for WrestleMania or do you fucking blow it at Super Showdown? No, you save it for Mania. I mean, I hope so. Like, that's, I hope so because the best thing right now is to keep Edge out. Because with weekly television, it's hard to keep the energy up for somebody like Edge because you got a million other things going on. The moment that you finally decide to bring Edge back against Orton and you can put Orton in a secondary feud for the time being. Like around March, you bring Edge back, and then you you build towards it. Just don't fucking do this at Superstar Shake Showdown Shake, whatever Saudi Arabia. Just don't do it there. Save yeah. this for WrestleMania because I'm I want to see it. I want to see Edge's only match. If he's gonna have one match, this is it. I do not want to see Edge on weekly television doing tag matches. None of that shit. No, I I would really like to keep Edge out, and then again Orton. F- just throw him against anyone as Super Showdown and just have Edge come surprised with a spear. Yeah, I mean, whatever it is, just keep get the him cheap out. pop, right? Like, just yeah. get the cheap pop, revenge, and then build the next three weeks into it. Yeah, just, just please don't, don't get Saudi Arabia bags and be like, all right, fine, we're gonna bring it back. Just don't do that. God, no, no one wants that. So we, we'll see though. We'll see how that plays out as long as their match isn't there then cool i don't need 50 50 booking right like i don't need to see edge lose or win and then to get jumped afterwards and just no just don't have them face each other build it all the way up to mania 
Um, that's pretty much it, though. I think we touched on the majority of the storylines, even from Raw. Yeah, we and talked. we'll save AEW for next week because this is a long show. Yeah, it's crazy long. Um, I will say I like back. I like I patch my I like I patch Moxley though. I will say that that's it. I do too. He did the Sandman thing and uh, used a white claw <laughs> instead of a beer. I was like, all right, man, you got me. <laughs> yeah. I was like, that's that's great. Um, yeah, I actually thought AEW television has been better the past two weeks. So we'll talk about that next week as we prepare to preview uh, NXT Takeover and AEW's uh, Revolution. Oh pay-per-view. shit! Isn't oh my god! And I'm. This guy, sorry, but isn't New Japan this week? Or is that next week? Suzuki and uh, Moxley. Oh, shit. I yeah. No, well, they're on their U- U.S. tour right now. Yeah, but they were on the U.S. tour, and they've, they've still done the uh, the one night everywhere else because Shingo beat uh, Goto for the Never Openweight title, which means he's a legitimate heavyweight now. So I, feel, I think it's this week, and somebody's just going to clearly correct us. But it might be this weekend. We'll talk about that. All right. Time. Well, we got to Yeah, we got to throw that bad boy into there, too. So a ton of pro wrestling to talk about next week. Thank you guys for listening to this show. Next week, back to normal. We're going boxing on Monday, MMA on Wednesday, and pro wrestling on Friday. So thank you guys for sticking in through with us during this uh kind of busy time for us in our travels and family time. But don't worry, our build to WrestleMania will continue every single week on Fridays. Follow us on social media at corner podcast underscore me at Kel Dansby, him at Andreas Hale. Whew. Until Monday, we're out. Peace. For the one standing guard. For the eagle-eyed, for the knights in shining armor, and for all those who support them, we are Granger, your experienced safety partner, offering supplies and solutions for every industry, committed to helping keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call, clickgranger.com/safety, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.